Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Anime Backlog Podcast. Or that time we forgot to watch a show and started a podcast. I am your host of this week, Marthus the Rothenberg. <laughs> As always, I am joined by my two very good friends here, Mr. Daniel Book. Hello. And Mr. Nick Sparks. Howdy. So for this week, I am the host, and I was in between three anime to pick. I could not decide. I made my decision 15 fucking seconds ago. I literally had Dan pick a number between one and three. He chose three. Right. So for this week, you guys will be watching 10 episodes of an anime. And boys, I think this is good because it's finally time. You're going to get zooted to the moon. And we are going to watch all of Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh, okay. Oh. I was not aware the moon was involved, so I was very confused by the zooted to the moon part. <laughs> I just meant really, really high, because when I first watched this, I was very, very high, and I watched the entirety of it. Like, one night, oh, I yeah. got home. It was like coming from, from after my place? Yeah. Yep. I was at a bonfire at Dan's place. I partook of Beelzebub's cabbage. We got home. My edible hit as I was walking my dogs for the night. And then I came in. I wasn't ready for bed. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to start this. I watched all of it in its entirety. And I didn't go to sleep until 430 in the morning. And boy, did I fucking love it. But then the next day, I thought to myself, did I only like this because I was inebriated? Turns out the answer is no, because I watched the entirety of it the next fucking day, completely sober, and I enjoyed fucking all of it. So, for this, Dan, I think this will be up your alley. Oh, yeah. Again, Nick, I think it might be much. And I think we're just on this train of me recommending sci-fi shows. I genuinely think every show I've done so far is sci-fi. In a way, because at got, least sci-fi adjacent. Yeah, because like I think the least sci-fi might be Megalobox. That's pretty sci-fi. That's what I mean, but like it's still sci-fi. But I think that might be the least sci-fi. Sure, it's not like wild. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but Cyberpunk Edge Runners is based off of the game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. For whatever weirdo out there that doesn't know that. This anime made me want to go play that shitty game. I don't know. The game might be good. I don't fucking know. But I know it had an awful start. It's supposed to be in a good place. Yeah. Now. This has <laughs> an 8.61 on Mal. And the synopsis on Mal is 
Dreams are doomed to die in Night City, a futuristic Californian metropolis. As a teenager living in the city's slums, David Martinez is trying to fulfill his mother's lifelong wish for him to reach the top of Arasaka, the world's leading security corporation. To this end, he attends the prestigious Arasaka Academy while his mother works tirelessly to keep their family afloat. When an accident with a street gang leaves David's life in tatters, he stumbles upon Sandevastan's cyberware, a prosthetic that grants its wearer superhuman speed. Fueled by rage, David implants the device in his back, using it to extract revenge on one of his tormentors. This gets him expelled from the academy, shattering his hopes of ever making his mother proud. After witnessing David's newfound abilities, the beautiful data thief Lucina, Lucy, Kushinata offers to team up with him, handing him a ticket to salvation. However, associating with Lucy introduces David to the world of edge runners, cyborg criminals who will break any law for money. Edge runners often lose their lives if the cyberware does not break their minds first, but in his fight for survival inside a corrupt system, David is ready to risk it all. This boy is 10 episodes. The animation is fucking peak. I will say it does get very gory at times. So just as a disclaimer for anyone that might be going into this blind, if you don't do well with gore, I would give this one a pass. Yeah. So just as like kind of a trigger warning for anyone, because I know a lot of people don't, they're not they're That's not their jam. And it's normally not mine either, but the rest of the anime kind of made up for it for me. Also, some of the voice acting in this is just goddamn pristine. I enjoyed this, and if you are a person that really fucking hates capitalism, boy, this is going to be up your alley. (laughs) In a, like, dark dystopian, like, yeah, fuck the system kind of way. That's my jam. But yeah, this this one was just a sleeper hit for me. I didn't, I did not expect it to be so good, especially being based off of a video game that I've not heard anything good about. This anime made me oh, want yeah. to play the game. So this came out of no. It felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I it's Studio Trigger, so you know we love their you know Gurren Lagann, Promare, mm-hmm. Kill La Kill. Uh, Better New Animal was weird, but anywho, um, they're usually <laughs> known for you know being killer, right? Yeah. And you know, Cyberpunk had a rocky start. CD Projekt Red, Witcher Three, still amazing. And but C- <laughs> oh, okay. CD Project Red had a lot of such goodwill and faith going into Cyberpunk, and they've been hyping the shit out of it for like the last twelve years or some shit. And they come out with a stinking pile of poop, and s- spent all of that goodwill and trust. And this mm-hmm. show did so much to claw all of those kind of disenfranchised people back because they hit new player count highs after the show came out that were like launch day yeah and and i was almost one of them like the anime was so good and made me want to play the game even knowing that the game is not gonna hit these beats but like also the end of this i just gotta prep you guys devastating yeah that's all i'll say it's it hits Hard. That's what I hear. But very good anime. Also, one that I think would be 
a decent intro anime for people. In really? the sense, in the sense that there's not a lot of anime bullshit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't do a lot of the like tropey things where someone's head will get giant while they're screaming at someone through like a weird colorful background. Or it doesn't do that thing where someone's like awkward, so they have the giant like teardrop water thing coming down their head. Like it doesn't do a lot of that. Now, there is a lot of like fan servicey things here, but not in the same way. I'm not even like keen on calling it fan service. There just is nudity. Yeah, but it's I'll like setting appropriate. It's yeah, it's setting appropriate. They're not doing it. It's this isn't like a uh, a what's her name cat girl from Fire Force situation. <sighs> Which yeah, I love Fire Force, but man, that cat girl from K. Yeah, yeah, cat girls. So I haven't seen it, but my understanding is I think it had a lot of Western influence on the studio too. So it feels almost like it's kind of a Western production, even though it isn't. Yeah. Is that accurate? I wonder how I would much. Say so. It also feels a little like new bebop okay. in a way where it's like, we have this dystopian kind of like future corporations are running shit. And there's this ragtag group of misfits that aren't really playing by the rules, just trying to get by mm-hmm. in a system that's against them. That's designed for them not to be the winners. So, so what was the? Um, do we know how much, uh, if any, was Pike uh, Mike Pondsmith involved in this? Because he's the original creator of the cyberpunk RPG, and he was allegedly heavily involved in the game. That I could not tell you. I don't know. That's fair. How do? You- how do you spell his last name? P.O. Pond Smith. Like he is a blacksmith, but for pawns. Okay. <laughs> he's not credited on this at all. So interesting. But he was heavily influenced with Cyberpunk 2070s, you know, uh, uh, influential in that. He helped write the story, was a big part of it. I remember whenever Cyberpunk came out and then they, some journalists, some white journalists were having some, uh, some nightly issues, let's say, about uh, one of the gangs in Cyberpunk uh call like the beasts or whatever and then they were like a primarily black group and they're like uh i hate the fact that they're called beasts why are we fighting all these guys and mike ponce is like get the fuck over it I'm like i'm black i wrote these characters go fuck yourself <laughs> and it's just like i don't care we get to decide that you don't <laughs> yeah and uh-huh. I, I, I appreciated that so I will say generally pretty excited for this one uh it did run Crunchyroll's 2022 anime of the year right uh, it was a weird one though. They didn't do any of the fall anime in the nominations. It was just winter, spring, summer. So something about them changing when the nomination timeline was made all the fall anime ineligible. So it was just a nine month awards. That's, yeah. What yeah. was fall 2022? That would have been uh chainsaw spy X family two and Bochi would be the big three. <sighs> that would have been a, Tough one for cyberpunk. That would have been tough, yeah. So good for cyberpunk lucking out. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, that's there's still a stack season prior to that, though. Yeah, yeah, you still they still beat out Attack on Titan final season part two. Which won everything else. <laughs> uh Demon Slayer season two, uh like Chorus Recoil, Raking of Kings, Second Core, oh, and Spy X Family. Yeah. Th- this okay. one, the Never action mind. in this one is wild. Like they go. They do a very good job of going over the top with a lot of this. 
in a cool way. But then it's also going into like some like psychological and like mental health things mm-hmm. that I did not expect to be explored in this. And I think that made it hit a little bit harder. Cause I thought this was just going to be like a fucking popcorn action show. And that's it. I didn't expect it to hit as emotionally hard as it did. Okay. So uh, I heard, so from what I understand, like this is trigger at their peak. Like on, like fire on all cylinders, like it is just one of the best things they've made. And I, I don't want to um, overhype it, but I would agree. Y- yeah, but, and that's that's what I've heard. By mouse score, it's easily their best work. So their like, second I'm, highest I'm is kill. My best, like, because this hit really hard for me. I'm doing my best not to overhype it. I want to temper your expectations because there is a lot in it that I felt was like kind of pretty specifically up my alley. So I don't know how it will hit for you too. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of it that I'm like, Oh, I like it because of this, but Mm. I know that that's a very important factor for me that that might not be an important factor for Nick or not an important factor for Dan kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. But I enjoyed the shit out of this. I've rewatched it a few times at this point, not just the one rewatch after the high night. I've rewatched it a couple times, and it is one that I have been recommending to people. Okay. Do we watch it high or sober, or is it dealer's choice? <laughs> I would say dealer's choice. Uh, point of note, I have only watched the dub. I have not watched it subbed. Okay. So take that as you will. I just want to make a point of that going into this, because I know we normally default to sub, mm-hmm. but I've only watched this dub. I may do a little research into what yeah. people think of the sub, but I'm probably it. leaning doing dub as well then. If the dub is the dub. very good. It's very, very good. And it's also one of those examples whenever people are like, mm, anime dubs are not good. This is one that I can point to and say, go fuck yourself. You don't know what the fuck you ta- you're talking about, you ignorant piece of shit. So, Tell me how you feel. <laughs> Marcus doesn't have strong feelings on this subject. I am I don't give a shit about voice acting or dubbing anime. I just, I just really want to live out my passions in my soul-crushing 9-to-5 office job. That's what I want to do with my life, guys. That's what I thought. Yeah, I just want to be an underpaid wage slave for eternity. PTO? Right. Not for me. I want to be there all More the like time. More like PT, no. <laughs> sorry. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just let mine expire at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't even use it. But yeah, 10 episodes, and that's the whole thing. I'm not giving you guys like a cutoff point of like a, oh, and yeah. there's like so many more episodes after that. 10 is the whole bit. I wish there was more. There can't. There kind of can't be. This okay. is a tightly, neatly wrapped up show with a bow on it. Hmm. Sel- uh, self-contained. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. So this does, it doesn't do like a cliffhanger where it's like, oh, it could go into a season two or we left this thing up in the air. It doesn't do that. Everything is explained, wrapped up. The story is resolved. Yeah. I heard that this was also like the new gold standard for adaptations. Oh, easily. Like just how good it is. Yeah. I cannot think of another adaptation. Well, then again, I... Maybe that's hard for me to say since I didn't play the goddamn game. You saw the Blade movies? 
What are you talking about? <laughs> That's fair. But I mean, like, it's hard for me to say because I didn't ingest both forms of media yeah, yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say, like, oh, the book was better or, oh, the comic was better. You know what I mean? I mean, I think the one people would put in the same tier as it would be Arcane. I hate League of, League of Legends. And Arcane was fucking great. Uh, the Dread movie, Carl Urban. I thought that was really good. That and, was and a good adaptation. Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. That I was, was thinking solid. animated, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think this I would I think they're still like in the, you know, same wheelhouse, just an adaptation from one media to like another. Uh mm-hmm. and like but 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 generally video games for sure don't get adapted very they, well. They suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I was trying to think specifically video games. Because mm-hmm. like if I'm talking best adaptation, I'm going with like one episode back to Bochi, which adds a ton from the original manga. <laughs> Oh, I don't is think that fair. I don't think that's that that's how that works. Call that an adaptation, <laughs> like manga to anime. I don't think yes, that's that fair. is absolutely an adaptation. It's but an I'll, adaptation, uh, but not in the same boat. Yeah, n- now they they churn it out like it's a industrial process at this point, but it is absolutely an adaptation. Yeah, but you're riding the line there, buddy. I I don't think I am. You're not wrong, but I disagree. Uh, yeah, I, that's how I. <laughs> you know, it's technically correct is what I'm gonna put it at. But yeah, 10 episodes, and uh, we'll see what you guys think. Do you guys have any final questions, thoughts, anything like that before we hit our sweet, sick, nasty musical interlude? No, I'm ready to jump uh, in it. No, I'm looking forward to it. Stoked. All right. 10 episodes of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Okay, bye. Chooms, and we're back to the Anime Backlog <laughs> Podcast. We have chromed the fuck up, and we're ready to talk about cyberpunk edge runners and probably cry at the moon now. So, <sighs> yeah. do we have any opening thoughts, or do we want to just roll right into it? Uh, uh, I thought it was Nova, so... <laughs> <laughs> what is Nova? Are you cool. Cool. <laughs> They use that slang the know, whole know, way know, through. Know, okay, I, know, I was I like, know, are you fucking with me, man? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the show, Dan? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, no, this was uh, this was top-notch. It was, other than one episode feeling very strange, like another team, like the B team hit it. I don't know. I, 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 we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the episode. Pretty solid throughout. At the end, the weird trigger bullshit was starting to happen, but, you know, I'm down <laughs> for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I was like, yeah, trigger back on their bullshit. <laughs> there were oh, a lot yeah. of moments where I'm like, yeah, you can tell this is trigger. Or I'd have a moment like when I was first watching it, I'd be like, man, who did this? Oh, trigger. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this is probably them at their best for a lot of it. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a great time. It was a great time. Loved it. Nick? 
yeah, it it was almost a ten for me. Oh, but there was like three or four things that like really rubbed me the wrong way and kind of took the shine off. But okay, like the things it, this did well, it did so damn well. Uh, but yeah, there was a couple pieces that I'll get into that mm-hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. I think my main complaint is that I just wanted more. That was one of them. I knew it. I knew we were going to say it. I knew at some <laughs> point in this episode, someone is going to be like, it could have benefited from more episodes. I just would have liked to see it a little more fleshed out. Like I knew. And I know that's something that all three of us were going to say, honestly. Yeah. Because well, we do it anytime we really like something. We're always like, yeah, it was really good, but man, it could have been longer. Also, I wanted to make a note. Another anime that uses a, uh, English band for the intro. Not English as in like British, but like a Western band for the yeah. intro song. And yeah, France that was neat. this time around. All the music was Western, wasn't it? More or less. There are some bits that are not, but it's bits. Okay. But I mean I, like I mean like for an intro song, that's super duper rare. Yeah, I didn't catch any like I was kind of listening for it. I don't remember even catching a non-Western song. But if you say they're there, they might be. They must be there. But I was kind of listening for it after probably episode five. Like, do I hear any? I think it's like I think it's just very, very small peppering. It is mostly Western because even like the the main theme, the main outro, and then kind of David and Lucy's theme. I'll call it for lack of a better term, is also a Western song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's let's hop right into it. So, episode one. Let You Down. The year is 2076. We meet David Martinez, a young man going to Arasaka Academy. And his mom is just doing her best to help her boy get into school and basically become a corporate suit so that he grows up with a life of money. She's like uh, basically a Night City equivalent of an EMT, but they call him the quote unquote city meat wagons because yeah. they don't help out the like high paying insurance customers. So her job is pretty like fucking gruesome. She's dealing with like the worst injuries of the worst and people that don't have high insurance that get fucked up and then just also left there to be handled by her team, mm-hmm. so to speak. Throughout the show, I got a huge kick out of the insurance and the trauma teams and stuff that would just show up and uh, the different tiers, like the end of the show, the, the dude like, you know, loses a leg and then they're already carting him off yeah. <laughs> like immediately. And then other people are like, Oh, they're on their way. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Or in the, you know, the first episode, uh, sorry, get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked, uh, um, the exec who they, uh, um, who Lucy killed, and then like, well, he's dead. We don't have to be here anymore. <laughs> Just leave. Yeah, yeah like, oh, he's let's your go. problem now. <laughs> um, but yeah, from the opening shot, it's like, okay, animation. This gives me huge Spider Verse vibes, and they're immediately icing cops. So Marcus loves this. <laughs> oh man, opening <laughs> shot. No pun intended. Honestly. And you got to remember, first time watching this, I'm inebriated. And so Caitlin is asleep upstairs. It's like 1 a.m. in the morning. And I very loudly was like, 
hey, you trying to get shot or something? <laughs> Bro! Like, out loud, screaming. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin's yeah. like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing, go back to bed, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opening uh, bit's really intense. I loved the, the music was on point already, you know, from the get-go. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the world building um, that they just did with a lot of the art and the background stuff uh, that they... <sighs> They did all like a lot of their world building without saying it. Well, I don't know. They they did say it quite a bit and you know built on it, but just how well fleshed out and realized everything was around them. Did there such were, a good there job. were no lazy backdrops, basically. No, no, no. no. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, was, it was killer. Um, and then the school was interesting. Uh, his classmates, and then the other like. Corpo kids, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Katsuo, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, I'm one interaction in the first episode that I thought was kind of interesting, but I, I appreciated it. Was the mom was you know right before the wreck and and you know or the hit that we find out later mm-hmm. potentially is she was talking to him about how you know she was doing all this stuff for him and was mad that he wasn't utilizing all of his gifts, even though he was apparently a straight A student. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was still kind of screwing off and wanted to do something different with his life. Kind of doing some delinquent shit. Like- yeah. He just wanted mm-hmm. to be a delinquent. And, uh, so it was very interesting because this is kind of some of my upbringing. There was a lot of guilt trip. Like I, I've done so much for you. I've come over here so much. So I was getting PTS fucking D whenever she's like, Guilt tripping his ass, saying, I work so hard, so you need to do what I tell you to do. And so, obviously, there's a balance. Like, she does work hard, and he should appreciate it somewhat. But, like, man, she was laying on the guilt. And I, I felt it really hard. And uh, But it was it felt real at the same time. Yeah, I liked the way they had the mom relate to David, but this is one of my critiques was some of the voice actors who are only in like one episode or like small scenes came off really video gamey with their lines mm. and the way the dialogue was kind of stilted. And okay. the, she was the first one I noticed, but I would notice it further in the series too. Like a lot of the main cast. So Lucy, uh, David, um, Rebecca and stuff, they all sounded great, but then you get these characters like one-off characters and it felt like really stilted recording. Speaking of one-off character, I think one of the dudes during that chase scene um, at the end of the first episode with the car crash, one of the dudes there sounded like Krieg from Borderlands 2. And I need to go look that up and see if it's the actual same person. But he he comes around. He's like, look out, pretty lady. And, <laughs> you know, the, the Krieg character. But it sounded exactly like him. And it freaked me out. Um, <laughs> I but wouldn't then, be surprised if it is the same. Oh, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of fucking people in this. Mm, oh, yeah. There's there's so many. I mean, when Gus shows up. God damn it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but then the corporate bullshit happening really hard with the trauma team showing up. Being like, nope, you're not. You're not on the policy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the color designs through all of it were just 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 really intense. I loved it. Well, and then oh, yeah, also the when they go to like the great. back alley doctor mm-hmm. where Gloria is like injured, uh, she has the surgery, and it's a it's a surgeon. He's just shirtless, wearing gloves, and like I'm gonna say an apron, but it's like the waist apron. It doesn't even cover his bare chest, and he's just like. 
yeah, kid, everybody wants insurance. Tough deal. Like, yeah. I also, thought that was a nice touch, too. There was, yeah. This is why everyone wants insurance in Night City. Mm-hmm. There was a bit where there was like the VR porn uh, BDs, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then, unless you guys say something else for episode two, it leads right into episode two. And then they have like the porn first person bit. And I'm like, Jesus, they are really (laughs) letting you know that this is not for kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of the Uh, gate. Yeah. Uh, One more thing from episode one is when he gets his uh, ass kicked by Katsuo and he says, uh, you're going to come at me with organic knuckles. And I'm like, yeah, he's no he's no gearless Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Gearless Joe over here. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking good. Uh, but yeah, yeah and then episode two. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say finishing off yeah, yeah. episode one. Uh, basically, is David kind of like first breaking, like first hitting that breaking point. His mom's died. He can't sell any of the shit. He doesn't have money. And then he gets his ass beat. And then Katsuo, that big fucking piece of shit, calls David to be like, yeah, I heard your mom died. I'd have sympathy, but she kind of sucked and you all deserve it. I'm a big piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was intense. And that that whole scene is like, I get that we're doing this to drive the plot and show that this character is shitty, but Jesus Christ, like death is not our, it, it, like beating up is not enough. I want that man dead. Yeah. Like we got to end this. But then David showing up at Ripper Doc to be like, no, 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 I'll fucking infuse this shit to my spine. Let's oh, get man. it. Man, the operating scenes. So, episode yeah. two, no sedation, it looked like, or very little, and just raw dogging this surgery into your spine. Uh, uh, then this was the first time we get to see the intro. Uh, speaking of the intro, it's great. Fantastic. The choice for m- music was, I don't know, felt really appropriate. And mm-hmm. just just a lot of fun, and it really sets the tone and the vibe of the show uh, in a really good way. And then, so he gets the he gets the implant, and he goes back to school, bloody as shit, because <laughs> he got his jacket on. Yeah, and he confronts the uh, the corpo bully kid, and I really like the way they did the time slow, where they have like the after mm-hmm. image. All the way that kind yeah. of pans all the way through, and the, where he the moves. Johnny Cage shadow step almost. Yeah, and he kicked the shit out of that kid. <laughs> uh, I also love, I love the audacity how- to just show up. The kids like in the like school bed chair thing, and he just kicks him like just out of it, like mm-hmm. no pretense, just right up. Let's get it started. And I love how they do, you see the after image in like the original scene, but then they show it back on the video camera and just show it in fast motion of it happening. It's like to give you the comparison between the two. They would mm-hmm. do that a couple times throughout the show. And I re- always really appreciated it. They do the slow and then they show the real time, a sh- pow, and then it all pops off just in a, in a, in a moment, which is fantastic. Like from yeah, a normal was- person's perspective, it's like a blink of an eye, like, holy shit. Yeah, it was episode seven where you like, jumps over and blows the big yeah, guy's head that, off. That's yeah. the, that's the that's big the one. one, yeah. Uh, and then he meets up with the uh, other main character, I suppose, other protagonist, uh, Lucy. Did he spot her in the first episode? Like, just walking through town? He saw, saw the bob. her hair. Yeah, he saw the bob. 
Yeah. But then like he ran up the stairs to that like skywalk or balcony, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, but then didn't see her. And then we also in that in episode back to episode one again, he has a moment where he thinks he's like sees the neon hair again and he goes up and he just sees Katsuo. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, episode two is when they actually do first meet on the train because Lucy is like stealing uh, chips out of people's like neck slot thing. Being a pick socket, as they called a it. Pick a socket. Pick socket. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> also, this is where we first see her like little wrist hand wire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one is kind of, to me, I'm like, why would everyone not have that? That is one of the coolest fucking implants. Well, you got to, I, I think that's a tech build that from the, from the game that's uh, specific to the techies uh, side of the characters. I ain't playing this game. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to after watching this. I'm, I'm going to wait for the DLC and patches, but it's, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> they got him. They but got him, Nick. The... Uh, he he uses well at one point like he uses his powers a lot and you know he's mm-hmm. doing he's helping with the 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 pick socket. I feel like I have an aneurysm every time I try to say that word. It it, <laughs> it doesn't feel right in my vernacular. Okay, uh, but then he's like, yeah, this is great, and then his little pass out and slide down the stairs. Oh yeah, <laughs> that 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 one was very anime. Oh yeah me. yeah yeah, but I still got a big old kick out of it and. But oh my god, they because they try to get him in the in the in the ambulance, right? Mm-hmm. And then she busts in and then starts riding his stretcher down the street backwards and is just like all crazy eyed and just moving around like a skateboard almost. And I I, I wrote, uh, you know, she's fucking crazy. The song's popping off, like their special song that you see mm-hmm. everywhere. And I also put my notes. I like how aggressive she is. And then whenever I said that out loud to Audra, <laughs> my partner, they said, yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes like full gremlin mode here. Like after the like ambulance EMT people, cause they're not trauma team. They're like the regular, I don't know what the regular EMTs are mm-hmm. called in this. They might just be called EMTs and I'm overthinking it. But they're kind of like, oh, he doesn't have insurance? Well, fuck, this is a pretty sweet implant. We're just going to kill him and rip this shit out of his yeah. body. Savage. And it's like, a man, God, everybody sucks here. Everybody in this city sucks. That's what Kiwi said. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody in Night City. And then, and then she trusted Kiwi somebody voice. and got shot. So <laughs> this was interesting how, in, in the kind of the context of the whole show, Lucy is a little... Seemingly unhinged and, like I said, aggressive, but that mm-hmm. mellows way the fuck out once she starts getting close with David. I thought because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's not, she stops taking these crazy risks, or at least physically, you know. But other, I mean, she's taking some risks later with some hacking stuff. But it it seems to be all based on her meeting David and being like, "Oh, this this is a nice boy. I like this nice boy." Mm-hmm. But you don't know that at the end of episode two because she sets his ass up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They go on their little moon date. The song starts playing. They're having a good fucking time. David's like, this is the best day of my life. And then he gets waken up by two very large people with guns in his face. And this is where we finally meet Maine and Dorio, which who 
Dorio is one of my favorite characters. She fucking rules. And I think it says something about me as a person because I love Dorio so much. Whenever I played Overwatch, I used to play Azaria all the time. Currently, Street Fighter VI just came out. I'm playing as Marisa the whole time. So I guess I just love bulk up beefy fucking women. Muscle like, mommies. <laughs> I, I didn't notice the trend until I started playing Street Fighter VI and I was like playing around with characters like, oh, who's going to be my main? Who's going to be my main? And I'm like, bro, she fucking rules. Everything she does just feels so fucking meaty and heavy and like hard hitting. <laughs> okay, then, okay, muscle mommies it is. All right, and then all right. Caitlin, we were watching, and she's like, what's that character's name? And I was like, that's Dorio. How could you forget Dorio? She's like, well, she doesn't do much. I'm like, she does all the awesome things. Shut up. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe this is just me. Like, and like a, a self-realization in that moment. So, side tangent, this feels like I saw this clip from Modern Family, and Phil is saying, like, I love strong women, like Michelle Obama, uh, like Serena Williams, like Oprah. Wait. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, then there's Marcus with the muscle mommies. That's great. <laughs> Just having those self-realization. I, I hey, learned something wrong about myself today. Hey, hey, you know what? That's art. That's art for you. But yeah, also this episode we learn uh, Maine. He was kind of like the gang leader right now. Uh, Gloria, David's mom, was supposed to sell him the Sand Devastan. Oh, did. episode three. She, yeah, she did sell him the Sand Devastan, but she fucking died. Before and, she could get it to him, yeah. yeah. There's also a moment here that I really love. It, it, it's, it shouldn't be as funny as it is to me, but whenever David's like, yeah, she died yesterday, and then Maine immediately goes, what? I just talked to her two days ago. And in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, yeah. That's before. That's how linear time works, Maine. Well. Yeah, there's the George Carlin yeah. joke. Uh, um, he died. I just saw him yesterday. Well, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so the connection with the mom, I, I don't know. If, I just com- didn't really. It didn't click the whole time. Like she was selling stuff like how and why, but I get, what was it? Because she was also like in the EMT and then selling parts like they were trying to do to David later. Was that kind of like how she got her hands on it or was she? Well, this dude, this dude was iced. um, The dude from the first scene who got Mm -hmm. killed and she took it from his corpse after he was dead. So she like ripped it out of him and then tried to smuggle it out. Yeah. Cause we do see her tuck it into her jacket in the first episode. And then like we see her getting a call, but the name is blurred out and she's like, yeah, I've got something for you. Well, I apparently blanked out on that. I may have been inebriated for the first couple episodes, so I'll blame (laughs) it on that. Um, I will say it is a very, very short scene mm -hmm. because the first time I watched through, I kind of didn't catch that. But then the second time watching through, I was like, Oh, now that makes sense. Okay. Cause I mean, it really is like, just like David leaves the apartment. She gets this call, and then it goes to the next scene. And it's yeah. like, I mean, five seconds. So David joins the crew after a lot of finagling. There was a pile driver in there at some point. And, uh, but he joins up with the crew, goes off for a job. They go to a, I think it was like a bar to where some yep. 
higher up exec was hanging? Or, or was he just the no, driver? It was the bodyguard of one of the bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. Some Arasaka muscle. So they're trying to do the hack, and then we get to meet uh, Rebecca, who comes in with the the stall of the century. It felt like a D and D party. Like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> like quickly, we need to distract the thing. Uh, I spill stuff on his crotch and rub it for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a charisma save. Okay. Yep. Nat twenty. Nice. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Um, also, I I was like, oh man, Rebecca's really short. Trigger really wanted to put a small small woman in this. Yeah, I will say. But then also, speak. L- oh, go ahead, Nick. I was say later on though, they give her the biggest fucking arms. Yeah, <laughs> like, she looks yeah. so disproportional. <laughs> oh, she's, she's like, got some crab walks on them. Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime cannons going on, like just on this little huge, tiny body. <laughs> I loved it. But the, also one note from this, whenever we first get the introduction to Rebecca and then whenever uh, David has to steal the limo mm-hmm. and Maine's telling him, like, do you got what it takes? Whenever the text gets big and wonky and like mm-hmm. alternating font sizes, I don't know why that shit gets me. Every time it happens, I'm like, yes, yeah. Well, it's because like, you, know you know shit's going to pop off when the font changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they do the font overlay, it's like, shit's happening right now. Well, I mean, that's go. that's goddamn trigger. Like, you remember Kill yeah. a Kill? Sometimes they would have the text would pop up in front of the character, and then the camera would pan, but the text would stay there Still in the 3D there, space. Yeah. Uh but the chase scene was uh, wild and silly. Uh, I, I enjoyed Caitlin, it, but this is that like, trigger bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I told Caitlin, I was like, I just got to let you know, anything involving cars with this is going to get fucking wild. No matter what, if there's a chase scene or something happening with cars, it's going to go too far. And she's like, uh, okay. And then that chase scene happens and she's like, okay, yeah, I get it now. This is just cartoony. Like, that is some Looney Tunes shit. I'm surprised the car didn't like sprout a face and just start going like, oh, we got to solve the mystery, guys. That was a speed buggy joke. I don't know if anybody's watched that movie wow. show. I honestly was here for it, though. I thought it fit really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean, speed buggy or the car chase? The car chase. The car chase, the car chase Marcus. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they, they were totally over the top, but. So is everything else. Like the violence was over the top. Just everything mm-hmm. about the show was like, just like, we're just going to lean into it. I'm like, okay, I'm here for that. The violence that clicks. of this show is so surprising for Trigger. Cause they, I mean, they have, you know, fight scenes and some violence and shit, but this was like heads exploding and all the guts and viscera everywhere. Yeah. You'd like see the bones and like an eye dangling and stuff. Yeah. It Cause was- we also see it with the two, uh, tiger claw bikers. That uh, yeah, they got fucked up. <laughs> that Arasaka sends to chase David down in the limo, and the one guy gets hit by the semi, and it does the slow mo of him getting run over by the semi and the wheel splitting his body in half. Yeah. It was like Jesus and Christ. It was so violent that it almost like came full circle and didn't feel violent anymore. Dude, <laughs> it was it, it <laughs> genuinely desensitized me because normally I don't go for a lot of gore in anime. But then by the end of it, I was like, oh, that's normal. <gasps> it's working. So oh God, they did it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it felt kind of like I don't know, back in the like late 80s, uh, mid 80s, I guess. J- Japan was going through their big like 
capitalism, capitalism revolution. Everybody's working in offices and shit. Everybody's getting real desensitized to it. And then there were a lot of these anime that were coming out during that time that were these hyper violent shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could perceive that as, you know, them trying to get a reaction and feel something in a society where everything feels very dull. Uh, and it felt like we're kind of back in that hyper violence type of thing to feel something. But yeah, kind of what Nick said, it, it started going around to this like absurdly funny kind of direction. <laughs> it, and, uh, but I, I loved it. I also liked in the car scene, I think when Maine was driving, uh, it felt like a red line scene almost where they're yeah. punching it. And I was like, did they, these guys like red line? Or are these some like former staff of the studio that did it that went mm-hmm. under? Uh, also, Maine has like just the most over the top 80s music video vaporwave entrance. Whenever the Tiger Claw guy is about to swing the sword down on David, his sword gets stopped by the big purple car that screeches in. And it's just Maine looking out the window, like turned <laughs> sideways, hand on the steering wheel. And it's like, Jesus Christ. This is the definition of late 80s, early 90s, radical in spray paint letters in different colors written on the back of a windbreaker. He's the like, night That's rider. what this is. That scene was so over the top for me, but also so cool that I just fucking loved it. But then, yeah, Maine also just like turns that dude into spray paint. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, anytime a scene where it's like someone dies or they do something and then they play that same thing from like five different angles, a bunch of different oh, times, yeah. it's like, a oh, yeah, you know, they wanted to flex on that one. That was <laughs> that was a moment for them. But yeah, and then this one also David kind of meets this is our first introduce, introduction to Faraday. Basically, the fixer that gives main jobs and is kind of just like a middleman between like the big guys in the street level thugs and Faraday voiced by Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring. Man, I, okay, so I was watching it and they're just hanging out, doing their thing. And then the, you know, Corpo shows up. I'm watching it and I hear this voice. I'm like, is that fucking Gus Fring? <laughs> I, and I missed that, uh, that Duan Carlo Esposito was doing the voice acting for this. I didn't know where he was going to be. And he shows up and I was like, man, why does Gus always sound so fucking cold in everything he does? <laughs> like, like, like he should do a reading of like a child's bedtime story or something. And it's just going to be savage. So speaking of weird, weird note, destiny one, you used to do live action promos for the game before it was coming out where it'd be people like dressed as a hunter, a warlock, a Titan, like just doing like fire team missions and fucking around and like immigrant song is playing in the background while they're like shooting aliens on the moon. There's one promo where it's Giancarlo Esposito reading a bedtime story to his kids. And it's someone in the last city reading stories about early guardians and like them fighting the fallen and the hive and stuff like that. And it's him. And I was like, one, how did they get him for this? Why would he want to do this? Mm-hmm. And two, it was just also really weird to see him being like nice and tender to a child reading a bedtime story. Like this feels <laughs> wrong. He's going to shoot this kid now, right? Mm-hmm. Or manipulate him. So, or, or he killed the kid's parents and now he's telling them a bedtime story before he leaves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, should we jump on to episode four? Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. Episode oh, uh, four. one more note. Episode three. This is also where the Academy tries to call David back to like bring him back because Tanaka, the corpo that they were trying to steal data from is like, Ooh, this is that kid that we were interested in. He's got the San Devastan and he seems to be using it. Well, let's keep an eye on him. Try to get him back at the Academy. Mm-hmm. Now episode four. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, episode four. Uh, my first note is arm extendo groping action. Because I forgot <laughs> one of the guys in the crew has got like really long arms. Uh, Pilar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the brother like, of Rebecca. Mohawk with the big gold fingers guy. Yeah, he's he's awfully touchy. And this is basically this whole episode is like training montage. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna need a montage. Montage. <laughs> uh, and we have another brutal surgery. Yeah. Which is which yeah, is he, he replaces fun. his lungs. He's like, man, I don't jog very well. I'm gonna get metal lungs. Yeah. And it fucking works for him because then it yeah, shows him it like works. booking it down the pier. It works. Uh in my notes, I wrote down cocksock with a question mark. I'm you get, I don't know. I don't remember. Someone must have said that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Maine told him that he needs to have, what was it, his, a, a cocksock, his piece, and something else. Oh, on him yeah. When he, leaves, oh. when he leaves his poem. A co- was like, Basically, like, have fuck? a gun, have a condom, and I forget what the third thing was. <laughs> um. So... <laughs> There was a bit, or so they were doing a, a hack, and I think it was was it Lucy in the tub. So yeah, is that so that like are they like getting are they overclocking or something whenever they are patched in and they need to be cool or something? Like why 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 the tub every time? I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't know. Or just yeah, excuse. It to was me not naked. explained in the show. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the Matrix when they put them in the tub yeah. a little bit, but. I was thinking, Maybe you just see, like, Dan, humans are like batteries. <laughs> and so when they're plugged in, they have to be water-cooled. Otherwise, yeah, the, their CPU will burn out. Yeah, the, uh, the, the scenes with the hack felt, felt like a little bit of a callback to Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I was like thinking so too. Which I, I always appreciate. Um, and then they cut. I also liked how much the art style would change. Oh yeah. Whenever they're plugged in. I always enjoyed that because it to show like, oh, they are essentially in a different reality right now. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Uh montage again. Uh back to I think was it Rebecca got stolen or kidnapped. And they're Oh yeah. They're talking to some gangers. And then off like off the corner, there's a lady with three boobs. Yep. The total recall. <laughs> I, I noticed <laughs> that too. I missed that one. Yeah, and then there, and then the music in this—I think it was this scene—was metal as fuck. Yeah, just yeah. had like screaming, and they're like, "All right, well, shit's popping off. We got Rebecca. Y'all are dead." And they, they just murdered the shit out of them. <laughs> they slaughtered fucking everybody in there. Yeah. Uh, how are there enough people around after how much murders happened at this? So point? much murder. Like, it's a the population could not replace the amount of people getting whacked in this show. That's why everybody in Night City wants insurance, kid. Uh, and we got to think of there was another surgery scene. And he was getting was he getting fancy legs this time? 
This is where he gets the fancy legs, yeah. Yeah. And... But also, something we forgot. This episode starts in a slow-mo moment where stuff is just, like, spraying around David, and he's just not processing what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the... it goes into the episode. And then we flash back to that at the end. And yeah, then we come back then, full circle. And then the end. Some homeless man with his pee-pee out is peeing into a barrel. And they're... Were they just, like, grouping up to go for another job or go hang out or something? They're just kind of meeting at the same time? Like, why that's were they... That's, like, right next to their bar. Oh, that's right next to the bar. Okay, okay. And they were just, like, kind of all walking home. Yeah, and then um, Long-Armed Man was like, Hey, you're really killing the vibe. I don't want to walk through your piss. And, you know, just giving this yeah. person a hard time, this homeless-looking gentleman. And... um Nice little forced perspective. They just have the two dudes' faces, and then the guy, without even looking at him, you just see the you see the gun arm just enter enter scene from the bottom and click. It just blows Pilar's head off. Yeah, gone. Becca basically loses her shit at this. Well, yeah. One note that I love from her is she says, "That was my kill." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then starts blasting off at this dude. And yeah, Rebecca David just is, like, is always a... losing it, though, and I yeah. love her. Oh, she's for unhinged. It. Oh. oh man, when when he came to de- deliver the hands, uh, she opens the door, gun to his face immediately. She's like, "Oh, hey, Jim, what's up?" Still yeah. just having the chat. The gun pointed at him. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, <laughs> shout out to her voice actress that they have this particular raspy quality it's to their te- voice. It's a textured voice that I enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's got a texture, texture because it sounds like she's been screaming her entire life and it's just all of the verge of being thrown out constantly. I will tell you who it is in just a second. Uh, uh, Alex Cazares? Yes. And I remember because at first I thought it might have been Jenny Slate losing her mind. Mm. <laughs> Genuinely. And so that's why I had to look it up. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, she's and, and great. It, but yeah, she, she killed it. But the this end end scene, um, this cyber psycho popping off, shooting everybody, shooting everything. Uh, the whole team's getting involved, and this this one cyber psycho is kind of overwhelming the team. Mm-hmm. I think it really just like goes to show like how, I mean, we see the dude at the beginning, Lieutenant Ross, I think his name was, that has a send devastating just fucking murking all those cops. But then this guy also giving everybody a really hard time when we've just seen the team mow through people. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a putting into perspective how dangerous someone going cyber psycho really is and how formidable they are in that time. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just a homeless dude with a gun. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he also had a ton of chrome, though. He, he, oh, that's yeah, why yeah. he went psycho. That's why he went psycho. But, <laughs> but he wasn't like... A newly turned psycho, military trained special ops crazy bastard. He was just kind of a guy who went He's too far. Just a dude in a duster. Like. Yeah. But I, but I like that. It's just, it just it didn't matter. It was just you know they're mm-hmm. just unhinged and they're completely gone. Um, this is also when we see like the uh, another example of the eyes moving around whenever someone's going psycho. And I I don't yeah. know why I love that depiction of it of like their eyes not staying with their body. I don't. It's so cool to me. That's a, that, that felt like a like a trigger, nice little trigger touch of them mm-hmm. being able to show in kind of a silly or maybe slightly outlandish way that they're 
they're not all there. <laughs> yeah. There's something's going wrong. Well, because yeah, a lot of times we'll see like people have like twitchy eyes, like they're just shifty. But this like to the extreme, it's like they're off their body. Yeah, I liked it, but I also found it deeply disconcerting. <laughs> well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then after this, uh, David takes Lucy, Lucy home uh, while the rest of the crew is kind of like dealing with this all. Mm-hmm. And Lucy does say to David, she's like, hey, uh, I, I do want to go to the moon. Like, I know I was setting you up before. But that is something I genuinely really, really want. And that is my dream. And David's kind of like, all right. Yeah, I'll fucking take you then. And then they share their first kiss. And that was a moment where I was like, how old is Lucy? She's an adult, I think. But <laughs> I, did they ever say how old David was? He had to have been like 16 17. to 17. 17. All right. Well, that's legal so in some I don't places. Know, yeah, I was like, I don't know if this takes place. I don't know how much time has passed since he's joined the crew in all of these montages because I'm sure that all those jobs weren't in the span of mm-hmm. a week. You know what I mean? So I think that is to show the passage of time, but I don't know how much time has passed. So I don't think still, years, though. That's why I was like, I'm mm, okay. Yeah, it's a little, a little sus. But w- yeah. we don't know her age, do we? We don't. I think no. it's just assumed to be like 20-ish. 20-ish, yeah. I, I assumed early 20s is what my guess It's it's was. not the It's not the worst. You know, he's not a 500-year-old vampire in an 8-year-old body. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not the worst. Uh, episode 5. One of the first things that stuck out to me, how the hell does Kiwi smoke a cigarette through that goddamn face mask she always wears? That's what the face mask is for. It's it's just <sighs> to smoke. That's it. I, and then I she's also like drinks like another episode. She's drinking like through a mm-hmm. like a bendy straw. I'm like, how the fuck those holes aren't small enough to fit <laughs> fit the stuff through there? Maybe there's a special like mouth hole that opens no! up when she wants yeah. it to. No, they because they show in another cut like her straight on like mouth completely with like closed with like little grill openings, and then a cigarette just poking through. Uh, a solid bit. I don't know. That's a part that I just locked in on and uh, found it funny. <laughs> but yeah, episode five. Uh, One of my favorite like short-term characters in the show. Jimmy was awesome. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, he was great. Wait, which one was Jimmy? Uh, the guy who nabs David in this episode and like puts him on the chair and like makes him relive that BD over and over again. He, before he's they the finally... BD director. Oh yeah. 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 The guy that genuinely looks like he's ripped out of legend of Zelda to me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what it is about his character design, but I'm like, you belong in wind waker. Oh, um, another thing that I always find interesting it was whenever they get, you know, David gets, gets nabbed after they, this failed, um, hit or whatever they want to call it on the, on the guy. Uh, and then they're like, really mad that they got david and i always found it really interesting whenever like someone shows up with like a crew and they're like i am going to commit violence to you and then the person goes oh well i will defend myself and then the bad guys are always like and then the bad guys in this case are the main characters but they're like god damn it how dare they fight back i'm so best and it's like you 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 signed up for it you you signed up for this like i mean you can kind of that it's that main character syndrome where it's like, I'm supposed to do things to people. Things are not supposed to happen to me. Yeah. 
So, and it's just that kind of narcissistic thing. Kind of also where it's like a, no matter the scenario, they're like, yeah, we're going to be fine. We're the main characters. We have plot armor. We can't die. Like, Take note, D&D characters, bad things can happen yeah. to you. If you're a centaur in a sewer, we will kill you. <laughs> this is a specific joke that no one out there can get. It's just, it's just for me and Nick. That's it. Moving on. But yeah, so they try and kidnap Tanaka to get some data from him. Shit goes mad, 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 mad wrong. Uh, Jimmy Kurosaki kidnaps David, and he's kind of like, oh, man, we're going to make the best BD ever, you and I. I'm going to keep making you relive this shit, shit, and you're going to go cyber psycho, and it's going to be wild. This is my fucking masterpiece. Man, it... Whenever he was saying that, it felt like uh, a character in the end of Chainsaw Man who, spoilers, never mind, moving on. <laughs> yeah, neither of us have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, about. wait a second. This happens like episode like 10. Uh, I better shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, David keeps popping his cyberware. Like he knows he's got kind of like a limit and mm-hmm. he's always pushing it, always pushing it. As he says, I'm built different. I'm built different. Oh, yeah. He keeps saying, I'm special. I'm special. He's like, do you think you're special? I am special. Like, Jesus Christ, kid. <laughs> but also Lucy and Dorio show up basically like, yo, Jimmy, we gonna fucking kill you. And he's like, no, bitch, I got drones. They managed to take out the drones. And then they're still like, oh, yeah, we could probably kill Jimmy. Like, you, you're mm-hmm. not getting out of this, man. We're getting David out of here. And props to Jim. He's like, okay, well, you got me. I'll work with you. <laughs> and just, he, just, yeah. he just switches. <laughs> I loved that guy so much. Just as a character, I was like, what a fucking dirtbag. Also, him having the like eyes literally in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Another implant where I was like, why doesn't everyone have this? Another one where I'm like, you should all have this. Maybe that's one of the more expensive ones. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, and the EMP he had, why did more people not have that? Oh, my God. (laughs) Only person to ever think of an EMP, apparently. Just wildly useful. I imagine maybe it's expensive to have your own shit shielded so that you're not just dropping yourself. I'm sure it is, but you'd think that would be one of the strongest things you could have if everyone else around you is chromed up to fucking hell and back. Or the the logic bullets, whatever, from from Vivi. (laughs) But yeah, and then unfortunately in this one, uh, Jimmy's basic Jimmy gets fucked up by uh, some crossfire, and like it like slices through his neck. Turns out he's got trauma, and they're <laughs> yeah. all like, "This fucker has trauma insurance." And in my mind, I'm like, "You guys kind of had to know he did. Like he makes a lot of money off of these mm-hmm. black market BDs. Like, yeah, dude's not poor. Uh, has a lot of like really rich and powerful connections. Yeah, yeah, he probably has good insurance. <laughs> but a moment about like when he dies and he's just like choking and like bleeding out, and then he just like kind of looks at David and gives that little chuckle and smile. That and laugh, it. dude. That laugh that was, was eerie. <laughs> so good. It was great. That that scene itself was fucking great. I did notice how not a single person even took a step to try to help him in any way. No. Yeah. They're just like, oh, he's dead. That's a side character. It wasn't one of the main <laughs> characters. Things happen to other people. Things don't yeah. happen to us. Yeah. Um, so I was it is it Nick? I think you mentioned 
at some point, I don't know, we were out and about about how this felt like a very Western show. Yeah, that's at brunch. I mentioned. Oh, it at brunch. Well, yeah, Western. the listeners weren't there. Silly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you mentioned that. And, and uh, I think I was only like episode two or three at that point. And then, you know, I thought about that and I wasn't really feeling it until episode six. I love this episode. So I love this episode, but it felt like another studio or team did it. Where the like timing of the shots and all the angles and stuff was wildly different. It felt like mm-hmm. it felt like an old like uh early thousands t- like uh, animated western show, like you know old Spawn or you know s- some of those older shows. Those made by the well, West. I, I definitely think a different director did this episode. Oh yeah, it, yeah, definitely. I would bet on it. Yeah, it felt very different. Didn't feel like wrong, different or anything like that. Not like uh, Doro Hidoro uh, or not Doro Hidoro. Um, Dororo. Dororo. There was a couple episodes in there that were done by uh, another director, and they were very uh, experimental. Dororo. No, the the or Dororo, the one with the guy the that samurai. has like sword arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Dororo. Dororo, goddamn, there's too many, too many shows very similar. Dororo, there was an episode, two episodes where they had a different director, and it was jarring, and I almost quit because they were trash. This, thankfully, was not like that. This one just felt very, it did did feel different, but it still felt on brand. I will say most episodes had different directors, which some of them like showing back up mm-hmm. for stuff, uh, but this one. Episode six, this is also the storyboards were done by mostly the same people. This one was storyboarded by a different person. Interesting. That doesn't show back up again. Well, I guess that solidifies why I felt like this was such a standout oddball episode for the series. But again, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think this was probably my favorite episode. Of oh, all yeah. Time. It's up there. Yeah, it's definitely uh, good. Because, yeah, this is, this is where Maine begins, like, showing his signs of cyberpsychosis. But at first, it's starting off with, like, uh, his, like, hand and his it's arm trembling. Hand, yeah. But then he's having moments of, like, kind of forgetting where he is or hallucinating, like, moments from his past and things of that nature. Well, and full-on uh, disassociating into, yeah. like, a desert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his running montage. Uh but I would say this also, I think, felt so different because in my mind, my head canon is that the rest of the show is David's story. So it's done a certain way. This episode is Maine's story. So it's done a different way. That, that was my head canon mm. for it. That works. We, yeah. we do get more of his perspective as opposed to getting David's perspective. So he probably sees the world different. And then we're getting that lens Interesting. as well. I don't know if that's a real thing. I might be just talking out of my ass, but that's how I took it. It, it, w- it would be a, a cool tool if they did do it intentionally by having a different storyboard and have a different director mm-hmm. for a different literal perspective from another character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this episode, they got Tanaka. They're trying to hack his shit and Maine's losing it. And apparently gets frustrated with the situation and drops Kiwi. Like, jog, face gone. Also, the first time we see Kiwi without her little scorpion sub-zero 
face mask. Thing. I expected Molina see that she, teeth coming out. Yeah, <laughs> but no, she's just got like an open jaw with just tech in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which that part did make me go, so wait, how is she drinking juice boxes and shit? <laughs> like, that's the part that made me like, okay, hold on. I can suspend disbelief before, but you don't have lips, girl. I don't know how you're doing this stuff. But yeah, at this point, Tanaka regains consciousness. He's kind of like begging and pleading with David, kind of also trying to manipulate him. One, for his life, and two, to like bring David onto his side. Like, look, man, we can get you an office job. I know that's what your mom was working for, is for you to become a suit. Man. We can make you a suit, dog. This corporate dude in a life-or-death situation still looking for that angle to make some profit. Yeah, make <laughs> some deals. <laughs> well, his his line, too, that I really loved was, uh, all roads lead to the megacorps. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's that was very much a capitalist dystopian hellscape moment. Um, also, this is what we start seeing Lucy start to lose it a little bit, but in a kind of different way. Yeah. As well in this episode. Because they have to bring Lucy in to do the hack. And David has to. We got punched out. Yeah, yeah, because Kiwi got taken out. And so this scene felt like I was starting to get a little lost. I don't think I was inebriated for this one, but I was getting a little lost with this scene with her and the with Lucy in the tub, him talking to Tanaka, and it was kind of like felt like it was a little rushed, or I was just not following it. But then uh, it was jumping around a lot. Mm -hmm. I followed it, but it was definitely. it felt very frantic and I think intentionally so okay. um, because the situation was, you know, moment to moment things were changing and they didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. time. Um, and then what, ex- so he was, there was a bit where he was just standing there talking to the guy and he's completely uh, frozen up, just not acting like this dude's waking up more and more. The hack's getting more and more difficult. You know, he's supposed to put him under, yeah, he's got. He's holding the injection to like put him back under, right over his shoulder. Yeah, but so like can't bring himself to do it. I was a little confused. What was he told, or is it just these revelations about like an, another path that he could you know take if he wanted? Well, I think it was kind of the whole idea of him struggling to take the shot and being nervous, yeah. and this was another situation where like he couldn't step up oh. and do what the crew wanted him to do. Okay, that was that pretty mild the- for David at that point. <laughs> Well, that and they also kind of Lucy being in like net running at this point, David doesn't know a lot about net running. And so he kind of says some things where he's like, well, what will happen to her in there? Like, do we pull her out? Like, what do we what Uh do we do? So I think it was also kind of a situation where he's hesitant to act because he does not know what it will do to Lucy as well. I don't think Tanaka was his concern. I think Lucy was his concern in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, I also, why would no one say, hey, it's more dangerous for her if he's awake, make sure he stays asleep. Yeah. Yeah, right. I thought that was, a like, th- this was the weakest part of this episode, I thought. But I could see the frantic nature and then not knowing mm-hmm. what's going on was kind of like a parallel to what David was feeling. Yeah. Uh, for the I viewer. Will say, I kind of also forgive them for not telling David, like, the oh, it's easier if- uh, he's asleep. That might just be common sense to them. So they might not think to mm. say, it. yeah, maybe so anytime you get someone that's been doing something for a very long time, there are things that are common sense to them that a newbie's not going to know, but a vet's not going to even think to explain it. They're like, Oh yeah, everybody knows that. 
So yeah. the trauma team's showing up now because he's been, yeah. I guess, awake enough and he's <laughs> sent out the signal. And they're mm-hmm. showing up. They all split because Lucy had a rough time with the hack, getting her to the car. And then they start to hear the gunfire happening as the trauma team showing up. Maine's losing his shit more and more. Uh, well, and bef- as they pull Lucy out, she intentionally kills Tanaka yeah. to make sure he can't share mm-hmm. any what it, he knows. Because she also finds that file on David in mm-hmm. Tanaka's data. And it was like, oh, Arasaka's interested in David. Yeah, and then Lucy's plot from here on was obscure. Like, again, you know, the show feels like it's very David-centric, David-centric. So, like, you're mm-hmm. even... You only know what David knows. And even even though we have the benefit of seeing other shit going on as the viewer, um, I didn't fully understand what the implications of what Lucy found and what her actions were for the next like five episodes um, and, until they just tell it to my face. And I'm like, oh, OK, that that that, make, that makes sense. But. Um, but Maine is having to fight uh, these trauma folks. And then this was the. One of and the sh- cops and, and the cops, but the shot where like you see the back of this medic or cop and then it gets mm-hmm. blown out and then there's main. I'm like this, this felt like a Western style shot. And then this whole scene and then mm-hmm. them going back to back shooting and stuff felt like a, like a Western animation. I will say one of my favorite moments in the show happens in this and it's after main is losing it. Dorio is trying to stop him and like hit him with the immuno blockers. Maine shoots her. He's then like mad covered in blood and he shows up over that cop that's like cowering and like pointing the like little pea shooter gun at him. And Maine just has this crazed look on his face. His face is all red and he just goes, hey, is this all my fault? Like smiling really huge. Yeah. That, that little scene, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it was uh, this mess my fault, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, damn. <laughs> Man. And then he starts building like a, like a, like a pyre. pyre. Yeah. For- <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, the so David is hanging with Lucy. They're waiting for them to show up because they had to split. And they hear the gunfire and stuff. And then Lucy's like, you know, don't go. And David's like, oh, I got to. And then the shot of him exiting the car with the sand devastant just poof gone was i thought chef's kiss for me uh but then main every now and then during this psychotic break those little lucid moments that he has are so Mm -hmm. sad because he's oh yeah because he's right back to being like the like team dad kind of rough older brother type character who's like trying to be their leader and he's still in there and it sucks (laughs) <laughs> just to see the little glimpses but yeah he's because he's not coming out because like, yeah yeah he's he's still screwed but um oh yeah i also wrote down main beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker oh yeah <laughs> it was like three he grabs yeah, he one grabbed person one by the leg swings, swings and like does some fucking splash cleave damage and it like splits these other three dudes in half basically yeah but yeah, he's building the pyre, and I will say in this moment also, Maine showed an immense amount of, I think, respect and faith in David, because Maine just goes, hey, you need to get out of here. And then he shoots the pyre, 
And then it's like the slow-mo of the explosion and like Maine's like skin getting burnt away and his eye popping out oh, and yeah. like it all flashing. He had an immense amount of respect and faith in David, knowing that he could handle this by not giving him any time to adjust. So Maine shoots it, the explosion starts. David is in Sandy mode and getting out of there. Yeah, and then he's back and in the car. If, yeah, just, and just I think if Maine didn't have faith in David, he'd be like, go ahead and get out of here, kid, and then like wait till he left the room to then shoot. But no, he does it immediately. And mm-hmm. that's a small, small touch that, again, it might just be me reading into it too much, that I liked a lot. Yeah. But then, yeah, David just showing back up in the car with his arm, by the way. Yeah, with the he's arm. He's got Maine's <laughs> arm. And he's just crouched down. He's like, we got to get out of here. Like, man. Yeah, he's, and he's got like. Chef's kiss. S- hey, Maine promised it to him if he died first. So. I know. I know. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a red flag. That was a big death flag there. Yeah, you can Huge have death that. flag. Uh, episode seven. Time skip. Yep. yep. Stronger. And David is chromed up to hell. He's a big boy he's now. Yeah, he's yoked. He's a boost. And basically, he's like earning his own reputation. As a crew leader. Mm-hmm. And like people want to work with him. They're like, oh man, this guy's badass. We got to get on David's crew. And, and then some kid does. And uh, bye, Julio. Yeah. <laughs> does not last long. Yep, my note says rip all. Julio. <laughs> he was just excited to be there. He's like, oh man, this is great. He's like, you know, you're building a reputation for yourself. I'm just stoked to be here. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Yeah. And then he died. And then this was the the bit where uh, someone else had a Sam Devastan-like ability where uh, yeah. David goes in with his little time-altering, you know, whatever, bit, and the other dude, like, clicks his on at the same time and then swings, but then David's quicker. And then... Yeah. Well, he had a second implant that allowed him to, like, jump out-jump the mm-hmm. uh, swing of the weapon. Yeah, the yeah. fancy legs. And, but then that whole scene was like, what, 20, 30 seconds or so of that altering the jump, turn around with the gun, shoot. And then they did the shot in real time. It's kapow. And it's just, it's like two. Yeah. (laughs) It's an eye blink. Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's just so cool. And it just really hammers in like, cause it even showed that other dude swinging his mallet ridiculously fast as well. Like he smashes Mm -hmm. into the ground and his head's gone, but. Uh, that action shot was just fantastic. Rip Julio. Uh, so this whole time, it seemed like Lucy was obviously after the hack, very reluctant to participate. Um, yeah. But she seems more and more because she, she was telling like David, like, you know, you can't get chromed up too much, like slow, slow it down, slow it down. And he's just upgrading and upgrading. And then now we see him, you know, full on freak beast. And Rebecca's yeah, got the new arms now. Rebecca's got the new arms, uh, red and blue, and did a weird like crab crawl with them. And, yeah, but <laughs> a lot of fun with that. Well, yeah, we get the line here from David where he says, "I feel better in metal than I do in my own skin." Yeah. To mm-hmm. the doc, um, and this is also where we get the first hearing about Adam Smasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just offhandedly go the fourth corporate war. I'm like, there was four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh and then the so we get this is the uh lucy backstory that we finally mm-hmm. get because she's not been participating in the crew 
but is living in the same like dope ass pad with uh david but she's just chilling well, yeah at home. she's we find out she's sneaking out and she, icing people who might know about yeah. David. So, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't her own completely shit. pick up on why she was doing that at this point, uh, except for you know when they just told you later. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you could see that you know she was busy still. Um, but then her flashback of the like super soldier kids uh, getting thrown into the old net, which had they said demons or demons and feral AIs and stuff, and I was like, geez, that's that's cool. Even though it's like, where's that anime? Mumbo jumbo. I was thinking, I was (laughs) was like, like, I want that. I'd watch that whole thing. Yeah, uh, that sounded uh, really cool. There was a uh, a bit that happened in this episode where they showed like the feral AI like entering the kid's like spine, and it's these like white, Mm. angly bits. They show that later in episode twelve, which which I'll I'll mention once we get there. But there wasn't twelve episodes. There was not twelve episodes. And by twelve, I mean ten. You know, a baker's ten. No, that's not how that works. Um, that's not. That's not okay. how that works. I know. Uh, a Netflix dozen. <laughs> the Netflix dozen. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, they kind of got their team going, and it feels like they're you know back up to speed and even you know doing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, Lucy is scary. Lucy is so scary. <laughs> She's just ice and motherfuckers, dude. Just the scene with her in the alleyway and it's like her eyes are red and the guy looks at her and from his perspective it shows a silhouette of a person but it won't pull up information on mm-hmm. her and it says denied i'm like god that's fucking cool mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she's scary yeah yeah that that shit was fucking great um but yeah the, that's when we also kind of find out she is just icing these dudes that are Specifically, we find out looking for data on the erased, uh, the erased data from Tanaka's records, like trying to follow up on where that data went, what it was, even in that kind of thing. Um, this is also where we kind of see David, like he's starting to get the jitters, yeah, mm-hmm. because he's like up late at night, just like watching TV. I, I say in quotes because he's just staring at it, not actually watching. Mm-hmm. But we see his hand shaking a little bit, and it's yeah. like, "Uh oh, here we go." Well, and not only that, that it's just—it seems like he's basically not sleeping anymore at all, and yeah. just basically turning into a robot who's going to lose his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's. And sad. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was this episode or episode eight where Lucy says something about how David's always chasing someone else's dream. I believe that was eight. I'm not a hundred percent certain though. Yeah. Well, I mean, in episode eight, we have, uh, more, more David losing his shit mid fight, Mm -hmm. starting to freeze up. And then Rebecca has to save him once and pumps this like poor lady, uh, like rat, like ragdoll, uh, what's yeah. what the fighting game like uh ragdoll mechanics or whatever but just oh, kept, uh, gun juggling yeah <laughs> just just kept this person fly, flying <laughs> through the air with just multiple shots but then like i write i've got this in, in this episode and the next episode i have i wrote down poor rebecca because it's been hinted oh, at man. repeatedly that rebecca has feelings for david and likes him mm-hmm. and but but also like cares for him. She's like, you know, I see you. Like I I see that you're you're struggling. 
Like yeah. I've been, like I watch you. You're the only person I watch. Um, and it, it's really sad because, but it also, but I also respect that even though Rebecca still has to deal with these feelings, she, there's no romance triangle bullshit. Like it's yeah. an adult. She leaves it alone. She leaves it alone. She's like, I'm in like, yeah. she's an adult. And she's like, I oh, know. Like I clearly see you and Lucy are a thing. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I may have my feelings on my own, but I'm not going to intrude. I, I appreciate also appreciate that. about her that she doesn't like let that ruin the friendship or make her leave the crew. Yeah. Cause I don't know mm-hmm. how many times we've seen in other forms of media where it's like, Oh, you love her. Well, I'm just going to leave then. But no, she's like, no, I'm going to stick around. Like, just because I care about you and I can't be with you doesn't mean I stop caring about you. And I still want to see you through these situations and be there if you need help. And not in like a romantic way, but just like a, as a friend, if mm-hmm. you need help, yeah. I'm here. I don't to know. Help. Rebecca was MVP for me in this, in this show yeah. because she was just great and then not. I mean, she was crazy, but not like mm-hmm. <laughs> the kind of crazy that would th- throw the crew apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like these last three episodes are, they're pretty breakneck in pace, but they all like flow through together very, very well as like one cohesive arc. Yeah. Like that could have been a movie really, honestly. But yeah, you, this is the one in the middle of this episode is where basically doc death flags David and says, yeah, you're, you're, you're coming to the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Gives him his like nine days of like the super high, crazy, um, immunosuppressants Mm -hmm. and then says uh you're just going to be another tale for the next dreamer well after david attacks him yes because at first doc is like hey man you kind of need to scale back and then david just pops out of the bed grabs him by the neck and he's like you do what i fucking tell you and that's when doc is like all right you know what man fuck you here's like i forgot how big of a supply he gave him nine days nine days i think it it lasts like two yeah yeah Yeah, nine doses he's like after that you're done yeah, and he's like, "Don't come back to me." You know, my problem. This is all I've got. Yeah, you, you're not not like you're coming back here anyway. Mm-hmm. So episode. I wrote, oh yeah, David desperately needs therapy. Well, God, I mean, <laughs> mo- most of these shows that we watch, it's like you know what? None of this shit would have happened if y'all went to therapy. <laughs> well, with how bad the corporations are in this one, plenty of this shit would have happened, but they could have still handled it a little better with some therapy. Oh yeah, David being like, "Oh wow, I." I should dial it back. <laughs> I'm obviously rolling in some cash. I should yeah. chill. Uh, but episode nine, this is when they tell it to your face for all of the uh, viewers who w- weren't well, paying attention to this. <laughs> back, well, yeah, Lucy, Lucy gets nabbed first. Yeah. Yeah. So let's backtrack a tiny bit. Lucy gets nabbed. And we also find out that Kiwi set them up and has been working with Faraday. Mm-hmm. And then we and then we go into episode nine. Yep. Uh, but yeah, after after episode nine, that's when uh, they're kind of like questioning Lucy and they discover what Lucy's been doing and like trying to actively hide uh, the data that she ripped from Tanaka before mm-hmm. basically zeroing him. Um, and then we have the Faraday set him up with another job. But it's a huge yeah, setup. In quotes. <laughs> huge setup. <laughs> and then uh, the there was the scene where the other uh, gang is the distraction. 
Mm-hmm. There's a bit where they drive their car up to the like semi one with the like trailer, and then they just drop the ramp on the hood, step out, and then just gun the shit out of them. It, that is the most disrespectful thing the show's done, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and I loved it. And there was a quite a few disrespectful things too. Like, oh yeah, that was not yeah. the only one. But that one but, did it for yeah. me. Like here, that was but, straight up bad manners. <laughs> that one is such a you're not worth my time. Get off me. Like, like oh no, I stepped in shit. Yeah, and then you're really making me do this? Fine. And goddamn. Yeah. Uh, and then now Trigger's popping off with the goofy car physics where everyone, <laughs> all oh, the cars man. are just tumbling through the air like tiptoe through the windows. And That's then they all explode. I hear. And, then, and, then, and then they all explode. The time. Yep, 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 yep. But I've learned that I if like a it. car ever gets like turned over and placed upside down, it will explode. I don't know what cars are made of in the future, like fucking plutonium or some shit, but they explode. Uh, the scene, though, when they actually like flip the uh, autopiloted armored car, though, and he like does the harpoon and pulls it around the rock. Yeah. That was badass shit. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. was super badass. Also, one of my favorite moments of Sandy time, which I'm just going to keep calling it. Whenever he's <laughs> on top of the truck, he activates it and he's giving himself that little pep talk. And it's just like him slowly standing up on the truck, but all the after images are just going behind the truck. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that scene that I was like, this is peak. Yeah. This is the coolest shit ever. And it's, he's not even doing anything in that moment. He's just like, yeah, buddy, you can do it. And then stands up like, and then, uh, Gus or Faraday <laughs> Jackson to <laughs> Lucy calls David. Cause they're, cause Kiwi's trying to get him to use the thing. They're all kind of on the fence, like, what do we do? What's going on? What the hell is this? Rebecca, another poor Rebecca. Rebecca's like, don't yeah. fucking do it. You can't do it, David. Yeah. yeah, and Kiwi's like, no, you'll do it. It's fine. Um, I'm going to dip real fast. <laughs> and then you- Falco's just kind of like, I don't know about any of this. I just run a and d uh, game on I- a critical role. <laughs> poor Matt Mercer. It's high <laughs> noon. Okay. Um, but then he hacks in, posing as Lucy, calls in and then says that I believe in you. Man. Dirty. How would he know to say that? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Plot is why he knew to say that. Maybe. Okay. Maybe we needed it to happen. (laughs) Maybe he's juicing on the V2 and he's got the powers like they do in uh, the boys. But anywho. Or maybe if you like plug into someone, you like gain access to a little bit of their quote unquote data or memories possibly. I kind of just wrote it off as like a plot device. Yeah, yeah. I, but it, was like, I, it, it hurt, and then I didn't care that it happened. That like wh- how it happened, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then that install them just that that machine just ripping all of his little bits apart, mm-hmm. and uh, and then and I'm in my notes. I put what the fuck? He's a mecha now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so gruesome when they was like integrating him into the cyber skeleton. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a one-way trip. That's a, that's a one-way trip for sure. But then also, Rebecca, like, whenever David's about to really lose it, and she just, like, pops down and, like, stabs him with the uh She's still supporting. Even though she does not support this action, she's still helping. Yeah. And it's it's so good. And, like, these three episodes really cemented how tragic of a character Rebecca is. Because it's like... All she's got is this crew. She's lost her brother. Obviously, her form of therapy is just gunning people down, which there's a lot to unpack in that. Mm-hmm. 
The guy that she loves does not love her back, but she's still in his corner 100% of the way. Because then we also get the flashback of Rebecca finding him doubled over, like, on the couch. And he's got, like, the full fucking bandolier of immunosuppressants. And he's like, hey, put my jacket back on and don't tell anyone. But if I start to lose it, can you, like, keep me grounded? And she's like, I don't like it, but yeah, I will. So... I loved Rebecca as a character, but just a lesson to everyone out there. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you have to follow them when they do toxic as fuck shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, sure. no, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. So if if the man you love wants to become a cyborg exoskeleton to take down the mega corpse, you don't have to endure that abuse, guys. All right. Rebecca it's, felt it's like, okay. a, like another, uh, I don't know if you guys watched much of Ray Zero, but Rem. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we, yeah. But also, I have not Subaru watched- sucks. I don't want to. Okay, dude, dude. I haven't watched any of Zero. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But, but it, it just felt like the, the parallel with the character of the unrequited love. But like also, but, but, but like accepting of it and still very supportive. Mm-hmm. So Rem is Rebecca, Amelia is Lucy, and then Subaru is David. In this analogy, guess, yeah. <laughs> don't don't insult David like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Subaru. Uh, he, he gets there, but it it takes fifty episodes. Anywho, yeah. anywho, this isn't the ReZero episode. Um, but he uh, he uh, he fights off the um that other company, Militech. 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 He fights mm-hmm. off the other company, which were very politely just waiting during this whole exchange. Well, they were waiting for like Kiwi to leave, and then they yeah. were like, "Okay, now we can yeah, start yeah, firing." Yeah. Uh, and which I thought was weird. Like, it seemed like they'd just be like, "A oh, well, we got what we want." I don't care. Yeah, because I mean, Militech doesn't care. Yeah, we want the cyber skeleton. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would we care about any yeah. person who's there? Yeah. So very strange. But so David starts absolutely destroying this small army that's out there mm-hmm. props to the two truck drivers that coordinated crashed into him from two <laughs> opposite <Yeah>. sides <laughs> they're like we're gonna pincer him let's get it yeah because because they're like all panicking because they're getting wiped out by david and his mm-hmm. special magic gravity magnet powers those gravity powers were sick. Were I'm so I'm a cool. sucker for <laughs> magic or like uh, uh gravity powers in any sort of anime uh, just because it's like, ooh, how how clever can you get with this? Um, it's, you, it's yeah. usually not too clever, but just the just the bits of someone just standing there and it's like, hey, where did this giant like pie come from? Oh, I'm in the pie because I'm crushed into it. Yeah. Uh, but he he reminded me of like for any of the 40k fans out there of a uh, a dreadnought from 40k with just a sad sack bodysuit in a giant robot just going to murder everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is also when, uh, basically David is kind of like, also, Hey, Rebecca Falco, we're going to go rescue Lucy. Pretty sure she's at Arasaka. And we're also going to fuck up Faraday. We're just going to ruin yeah. his goddamn day. So then that cuts to episode 10. Uh, last episode, by the way, mm-hmm. David has still Not 12. Like, yeah. <laughs> David still kind of fought through Militech. Now they're heading back to the city. Uh Falco's driving. Rebecca still playing number one top still dog. Still hitting him with the with the immunosuppressants. Yeah. 
Because David's got uh, crazy eyes. <laughs> Kiwi is having a moral complex at this point, but then also gets betrayed by Faraday. And then she's like, you know what? As a final act of kind of friendship, I'll call Falco, but also kind of an act of, hey, fuck you, Faraday. Yeah, fuck you, Faraday. <laughs> she like transmits the coordinates to his grav lift thing. And then a car comes screeching out of the air. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I made a sound out loud. N- nothing in this show made me really go- like do anything other than uh, like chuckle a lot or, you know, just laugh. But I was just like, no, <laughs> no. Because <laughs> the, the shot of Faraday like looking off to the side and then like his his car window. And then like, oh, look, and they're in a flying car. Faraday is. Yeah. And then, oh, look. The armored car shows up. Great. Oh, oh. So before this, so the um, what was the driver's name? The Matt Mercer's character, Falco. 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 So he doesn't get a lot of screen time or any sort of a uh, plot, but this motherfucker with the harpoon gun gets a multi kill of epic proportions. The two yeah. dudes in the back of the truck, and then the driver. <laughs> <laughs> that poor fucking driver just hanging out. Oh, harpoon. Oh, sick. And then <laughs> Wait, he it. like does a suplex wrestling move with the car into the other car. So yeah, it was, <laughs> I was like, God trigger. You did it again. Anytime well, the car shows up, man. There's also the scene here where they had uh, David use the gravity powers to like put poles in the road and they just all the cars flipping over them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Putting potholes in Yeah, or yeah, just big yeah. potholes. It's like driving around Springfield, Illinois. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also, this is when uh, Arasaka, like Corp, is the like main bad capitalist lady. It's like, we'll call in Adam Smasher. And then her like number two is like, he just won't have time to show up. And she's like, bitch, he's already here. Keep the fuck up. It was in the also, room, wasn't you're it? taking the... F- yeah. It was like, well, just look over there, you dingus. Yeah. yeah. Like, also, you're also, taking the fall for this. Yeah, you're taking the fall. Go, go meet up with Faraday. He just accepts it. He's like, shit. Yeah, I guess I Got, am. Gotta follow the corporate hierarchy. <laughs> but yeah, they're like in the heliport roof. I don't know what you want to call it. And... All of a sudden, David shows up San Devastan style in the Sandy time, flips through all of them, and everyone's like, oh, shit, what the fuck? He fucks up Faraday, like, with the gravity power. That's when Faraday's fucking trauma team is Oh, my God, there. they're already there. They, they like, teleported, like, he looks back, and then they're carting him off. And I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, they're so good. They are so, he, so he got this ultra, super special, like, Mm-hmm. Highest the highest deductible plan, you know the the primo package. <laughs> but David starts killing everybody else. Adam Smasher shows up to protect the second in command guy, which I don't know why he did that. But okay, you have to be alive to be uh, a fall guy, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. but also, but none of the lower pe- people they don't yeah. matter. <laughs> but David like looks over at Faraday and he's like, "You're not getting away." And Adam Smasher just shoots him in the fucking stomach. And he's like, "Can you really afford to be distracted right Man, now?" So Adams, they did such a good job making him menacing and just a, a presence because because yeah. you know david's dominating the scene and then adam's like or adam smasher's like oh you don't have time to forget about me <laughs> and also i love the the moment where they're like yeah the exoskeleton was really meant for adam and he's like it's just 
a fucking gravity gimmick with training wheels. That's all it is. It's a child's yeah. toy. A child's toy with gravity training wheels is what he says. Uh, it's just a crutch. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. That thing leveled an army and Adam's like, that's eh, not really worth my time. I had really mixed feelings about Adam Smasher. He was super menacing and I loved his entrance and the fight was really cool. But basically, from the second he shows up, it's basically screaming, play the video game, play the video game, play the video game. Yeah. And I was like. It worked on Dan. Yeah, it apparently worked on Dan. It just really <laughs> irritated me. <laughs> but also when he has the line and Falco and Lucy are getting out of there because uh, David like says to Falco, like, hey, I ain't making it out of this. My dying request is that you get Lucy out of here. Oh, well, we are. We Rebecca's are speed running. So the episode. And we missed a very oh, hold important on, hold thing. Hold on, I was just about to say it. <laughs> We're ahead. having a moment here. Hold on. I cried. We're talking about that scene. Okay. I was about to talk about the scene. No. Because David just made the request before this happened. And then Lucy's like talking to him. Or not Lucy. Rebecca's talking to him and Adam Smasher comes flying down from the ceiling and Rebecca's like, We're having a fucking moment. And blasts up at him. Yeah. Yeah. So so before this scene, (laughs) before this, David does his quadruple Excel after image bullshit. He's everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. um, doing taxes and laundry and shit. And uh, (laughs) that's a good reference. And (laughs) (laughs) so but he's with Lucy. And they're jumping out of the building. Adam Smasher's chasing him. And there's the bit. Oh, yeah. And the music, the song pops off. And he's holding her. And the, the, the backdrop with the moon, it's all, it got me. I was like, oh, man, this is the thing. Oh, Jesus, it's happening. They do the double lighting again. <sighs> it's it's so good. And then they land in the square or whatever out in front of the building. And that's when he tells, like, he's like, hey, you need to get Lucy out of here. You know, she, mm-hmm. she's got a dream. She's the only one of us that has, like, something to live for. Take her away. Which also, I feel like saying that to Falco. Falco's like, what the fuck? I show up six episodes in and you think I don't have dreams, man? Like, Sorry. You never asked me shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just going to be a cowboy in some shitty game later. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, they're driving away or they're going to start driving away. But then, yeah, Rebecca meets back up with Lucy. They have a little moment. And then Adam Smasher comes down, and that shot was fantastic. I I loved it. I hated it because I love because Rebecca was great. Mm-hmm. But man, what a way to go! Yeah, this is a cool way to die. Yeah, we're having a moment. Boom, 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 and then just Adam Smasher from seven different angles all at once. Mm-hmm. And they make and there's no even like maybe she was okay. No, no. yeah, <laughs> not we even see a little her bit. eviscerated body. Also, a moment that really got me before she dies is when David's losing it and he's having the flashback of talking to his mom about, like, I could just see it. My boy, top level, Arasaka. Yeah. And David's like, yeah, I'll do it, mom. And Rebecca's just, like, staring at him in the face, like, seeing how crazy he's going. And then she has this moment of, like, shock and then quiet resignation. Yeah, it's sad. And she's like, all right, let's go get it. Top floor. Like Jesus fucking yeah. Christ! Just twist the knife, man. Uh. But yeah, and then they're they're peeling out after Rebecca dies. Again, 
David is losing it. Adam Smasher just fucks him up, man. Just fucks his shit up. And I know all of us as an audience were like, all right, where's the deus ex machina coming in? How's David going to get out of this? No, oh, Adam I- Smasher's a one-man army. They made him... I I also appreciated how persistent he was. He, like, once they started fighting, he was on their ass the whole time and chasing them. He, he also has that line when they're driving away and he's like, no one leaves the slaughterhouse alive. Like, holy fuck, man. Yeah, this man worships <laughs> violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did not expect a deus ex machina, um, but I was disappointed that they didn't at least show David putting more of a fight up. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, like this was a play the video game. So then you can kill him. Vibes. Yeah. You could beat Adam Smasher. Yeah. Well, God damn. I mean, yeah, Adam Smasher in like, the, in the game, he's pretty intense still. Uh, I just, you know, that there's that clip where he's walking by you. And he's like, you look like a fuckable piece of meat. Are you? And I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Jesus. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's just intimidating. And the show seems to capture it pretty, pretty well. And also the bit where Lucy tries to hack him. This is the thing I was talking about. Oh, yeah. She tries to hack him. They have this like x-ray cutout of his skeleton. He's this like ghoulish, skeletal, toothy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But then I'm probably drawing too many parallels. But the like the those little white lines where the AI was going in to the kid's spines, that was going into Adam Smasher's head. Yeah, the same visual. So it may have just been just a hack thing, not necessarily AI specific. But then he like grabs the code and just says, "Fuck you! I don't like computer science," and <laughs> just cancels out the hack with just a good good a flick of the wrist. Motion. And so that I thought was kind of wild. Uh, and then his line about t- him talking to. To David and be like, you know, it's like you want to be a construct. Like you, I see you. You could do. You could be me. And then David's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And at Adam's like, well, I did have fun, but it's a shame, and just blows his fucking head off. Yeah. But then we get like a little bit of a time skip. Our song starts playing. <sighs> we see Lucy on the shuttle to the moon. And then this scene gets me so, 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 so bad when she's on the moon and it's like all the fun moon tour people, but then she just walks off alone and she's like looking up at the sun and then she sees David and he doesn't fade away. It's just a frame cut and Mm -hmm. he's away like he's gone. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts to like her looking at the earth again and then the fucking credits start rolling so she's, she starts bringing her hands up, you know, and she like kind of yeah. just does this. But <laughs> I thought she was about to pop her goddamn helmet off. Like, okay, I did it. My purpose Pull is uh, over. Yeah. Oh, what was that kid on uh, Magic School Bus on the Pluto episode? <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. No joke. That's a deep cut pool, Nick. I appreciate it, though. But yeah, and then she's just like basking in the light of the sun. And yep. that's it. It rolls credits. And yeah, you know, fades out with, uh, I really want to stay at your house playing. And yeah, that's it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it would get me as hard as it would again, since I knew and I've seen it. No, it got me just as hard, man. Yeah. That shit. Hits. Like she got her dream, but like at what cost? Everyone's yeah. gone except for Falcon. But you know, fuck Falcon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Uh, Faraday. Why fuck Falco? Well, I just because he didn't do anything other than that harpoon multi kill, which yeah, which is good. Uh, hey, he was a good, reliable driver. There's value also, in that. He also got Lucy. Yeah, he, he, he got her out, and he got a cut. Uh, but also Faraday's death. Yes. Yeah. He went splat. Yeah. All my homies hate. And then Faraday. we see all of the eyes with the barcode on them mm-hmm. too. Sick. Uh, oh wow. So, but overall, we this is a long oh, episode. Oopsie. Yeah. Oopsie. We had a lot to say, but let's, I will say it has been a long fucking episode. So let's get to the point of kind of wrapping it up. Let's get into it. What, what are your guys' ratings of this? Uh, Nick, you go ahead first, if that's all right. Okay. As I previewed, uh, I felt like this could have been a 10, except for a few things that irritated me. Uh, The, some of the voice actors of the minor characters were really, really stilted there was a few pacing issues as we commented on. It should not have been a Netflix does, and it should have been probably an actual like 12 or 13 episode run. Um, and then just the very end of the show where it's screaming at you in the last episode of play the video game. So you can kill Adam smasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was just like, man, they just, this ending was locked in and they didn't really have any option to go away from this. It was like, Adam smasher is going to kill the main character. So you'll want to go play the video game. I didn't appreciate that. Uh, I would have preferred if they'd been like, we're going to tell a cool story in the space and make you want to play the game, not a telegraph it so much with the big bat at the end. Mm-hmm. So, but beyond that though, emotional notes were amazing. Uh, action was f- phenomenal. I love the style of it. Great time. So nine. <laughs> Is that your highest rating so far for, uh, for one that's been assigned to me? Uh, okay. I gave Bochi a rate, 10, but... <laughs> what did you give Vivi? I think I gave Vivi an 8.5. That's what I thought. Okay. I, I I will say, I am surprised this one beat Vivi for you. I did think you would have enjoyed Vivi more. Um, This was more fun. I think you also had us finish this, and you didn't have us finish Vivi. That's big. So that that's fair. That's that's fair. I think that's big. Okay. Um, For me, you know, kind of similar notes, the... The way the the world was very like rendered and very well actualized. It, it although the, some of the lingo I didn't really get it initially, but with the context, you kind of more or less figured it out. What does Nova mean? <laughs> and uh, the art style was amazing. The action direction was 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 really good. They even though they had like a short run with all these characters, you got to feel like you got to know them pretty well. Um, but I would have liked more, a lot more. Um, but mm-hmm. for just encapsulating David's story, which was kind of the purpose, I think they could have done with like two or three more episodes, just just pacing it out a little bit, a little bit more. Um, but the art and the music were top notch. Uh, my my only gripe was really that that it was a little rushed. Uh, they, they, they should have done it more. So, but I'd still, I'm still going to give it, um, like a nine one, I think. Okay. Just wanted to come in higher than me. <laughs> what? Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I was thinking, cause I gave the first part of 86, nine one. And I was like, ah, it's, I don't think for me it's better, but it's, it's, it's on par for me on how much Wait, I enjoy higher. Did, I thought you said nine five, Nick. No, I said nine. Oh, I'm a liar then. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause 
while 86 didn't have the like art and music to this level, um, the story I thought was just more, had more depth. Okay. But this was a good, like where Megalobox, I thought kind of fell flat on some of the, the story bits on a, like on a, a character's journey. The, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk, I think, did it in a lot, much more complete way. Well, I mean, he's dead, but <laughs> but they they, they wrapped more up that final story. Than that. They, they, yeah. they set up, you know, a character's backstory succinctly. They showed him growing. We had a montage. We had some cool fights. Had a love interest type thing, and it met. And you saw that there was an end as his hands was twitching in like episode like eight or seven. And then it concluded, uh, and I thought it did it, it. It did that well. So nine one mm-hmm. for me. You know, I don't do smaller decimal points. I'm a I'm a point five or whole number person. I'm between. I'm like nine nine five. Pacing, yes, could have been longer. I would have loved this to be longer. If this was 12 to 16, I think we would have been at a 10. Yeah. Genuinely. The Adam Smasher tie-in to, like, go play the game, I'm not going to lie. I didn't quite pick up on that, but I also did not know that Adam Smasher was in the game until today when you guys just mentioned it. So that wasn't a downfall for me because I didn't even know. I I just thought he was some boogeyman. That's it. That's all I treated him as. I I picked up that tone immediately, like – like this is advertising something, so I checked and immediately like, oh yeah, he's the big bad in the game. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I've looked up fucking nothing about the game. I I have no real desire to play it. This show kind of makes me want to, but I know I'm going to be disappointed. So yeah, that I just dropped it there. Uh, also, anything with cars, man, <laughs> that would just pull me out so bad. Like it, the cars were so goofy to me that it would just pull me out. But. I fucking loved this. Uh, inebriated Marcus put this out of 10. Because also inebriated Marcus was bawling their fucking eyes out at the end of it at like 4 a.m. Um, but even on a couple more rewatches, it surprises me how much the ending still hits me. And how much the emotional beats still hit. Not just as hard as the first time, but still pretty fucking hard. And I think it takes something special to do that. To where I got desensitized to the violence and the gore, but I did not get desensitized to these characters' struggles and how they're feeling and their emotions and what they're going yeah. through. And I think that's something only a very special show can achieve. And so uh, that's where I'm at with it. And one other thing I would note, too, is if you were trying to get someone into anime, this would be very top of my list for a show. Uh Really? Oh, yeah. I agree. So oh, I don't I disagree with like a quality statement in saying that try this out. But as I said, it felt incredibly Western. So you're kind of like getting them just to the edge here. Like there's there is zero anime bullshit in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have to get used to it being like a adult animated mm. show. But beyond that, if you wanted to like push someone to say, hey, you should start watching anime. Start with Cyberpunk Edgerunners, which I would almost even consider it's like is it even like fully anime? It's just, it's kind of riding the line between anime and Western production simultaneously. Hmm. So this would be a great introduction as long as they can handle the gore and violence. To me, it's like if anime tried to do a Tarantino movie, I was totally feeling the Tarantino vibes. 
mm-hmm. where and so, yeah, it'll be I, quiet, I agree, quiet, quiet, and then everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, and a lot of like good dialogue, good dialogue quick as well. Sharp dialogue. Yeah. So yeah, this, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Nick, but yeah, uh, before we wrap up, what might be a two hour episode, it's, yeah, we'll it's see be after just I, short. I think we'll see <laughs> after record. I finish editing, but, uh, any final notes, closing words, anything like that? I'm going to go listen. Do I really want to stay at your house about 10 more times tonight before I call it a day? Yeah. 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 I could, I could use a good cry. It's a good song. Um, Love the show. <clears throat> I, I hope this sets a new gold standard for adaptations and tie-ins. Yeah. We, it's not going to happen. I have some issues with the adaptation, as I mentioned. It was too marketing focused. I didn't feel there. I, I knew Adams. I, I, I disagree, um, but I don't. Or at least I agree with the severity of it. I, I, it, it is definitely a tie-in. You know, CD Projekt Red was the producer, right? Yeah, but I hope this sets up a you know a standard. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this fallout goes with uh, it being the Crunchyroll Anime of the Year last year, and what this sets for the future for other tie-ins and stuff like that. You know, is it yeah. is it going to be just a bunch of cash grab garbage, most likely, or will it be like, oh wow, the quality got us the sales, not just mm-hmm. the tie-in existing kind of getting us the sales. So I don't know. Some bean counter will find the most profitable version and it's probably going to be crap, but I loved it. Um, I'm sad. I slept on it. It does for so set long. a nice precedent. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. an adaptation can be good and well loved. Yeah. And yeah, I'd love to see more cool universes being brought in for anime adaptations, not just, you know, gotcha games. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, also, pretty dirty. If, Bungie, if you guys do an anime adaptation with like fucking UFO table or wit or trigger for destiny, I will give you so much goddamn money. Just putting that out into the ether. So, and you want to voice act it? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Rip Lance Redding. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say that this is a good spot to, uh, to end it, yep. I would love to play I Want to Stay at Your House Tonight as the closing music for this, but I don't have the rights for it. So just after our Imagine little it. bitty music bit goes off, just go load that up on YouTube or something real quick. Yeah, we don't have the funds to pay for the lawyers of that lawsuit. No, no, no. Wait, if one of us sings it, is that fair use? Nope. No. Uh, nope. nope. What if each of us do three uh, seconds of it separately? I, I, I think... might. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> But otherwise, uh, I'll say we'll call it there. And uh, everybody take care until next week. Until next time. See you next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Chooms, for listening to this episode of the Anime Backlog. If you want to follow along with Dan, Marcus, and Nick for our next anime endeavor, the assignment is for Marcus and Nick to watch 12 episodes of Dorohi Doro. If you enjoyed the show and wish to support us, it would be real Nova if you leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the show, or spread the word about the show to your friends or on social media. We really appreciate any help you can give us in helping to grow the podcast. You can follow the show on social media to get updates at the handle at the Anime Backlog on Twitter and Instagram, 
Or, if you wish to follow us individually, you can find us on Twitter, Dan at Avarice77, Nick at Nick Sparts, and Marcus at MarcusRVO. As always, thank you, and we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Take care. Who says that?